Welcome to Meant to Be Mama podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Sarah. Two women with one mission, unpacking the real and raw truths of infertility, pregnancy after loss, motherhood, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you're here. Hi, you guys. Welcome to our new episode. We are so excited to share with you guys today on what it has looked like for Sarah and I in the world of just navigating, I guess, life as a whole after loss. Um, I think this is one topic that Sarah and I have related on in so many levels because there's so many places that you wouldn't even really realize would be affected when you think about what you go through after you are either, you know, going through infertility, loss, you name it. I mean, it just like takes a toll on so many things. I think we've kind of broken it down, Sarah, into like a few different categories and we're just going to kind of touch on each of them because I feel like they're just so important. And even places for me when I was going through it, I didn't realize I would be so impacted. Like, I don't know if you felt that way too, Sarah, but. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm like trying to put myself back into like the weeks after it happened and it was so much harder than I could have ever imagined possible. I think that maybe I, I'll just say maybe I thought that this kind of loss wasn't as difficult as it is because it's not a physical human yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I had never really even thought too much about this kind of loss before, you know, it happened. But I think that maybe that's something that, that there's a little bit of a stigma that, you know, it's not a person yet. Um, so it's not as, as difficult. Um, but you know, it's the only death that happens through your body and it's a death that isn't talked about. Um, you know, like if you lose a family member or, you know, if you lose someone in your life, people, people know, people just know and, and people like give you this space are soft with you and gosh. And yeah, navigating life after loss, it was hard those couple weeks. So we definitely broke it down into a couple categories because there were, you know, there are so many pieces of life that you have to kind of figure out how to put back together. Like a puzzle piece. Yeah. I think so for you, I guess I'll ask the question like internally, like how did you set yourself up to be, I don't want to say okay, but like mend through the process in a sense? I mean, so I, I took two weeks off of work um, because physically I couldn't work um, with my job teaching spin classes. Um, and those two weeks, I just like sat in bed and cried. And two, when, when you're, cause I, I guess another question on top of that, that you can kind of maybe weave the two, because I know you didn't tell a lot of people as well, like while you were going through it. So like, yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't, so we had told, so our families knew, um, and my best friend knew, and one other friend and I think and maybe two other two other friends and that was it yeah so so really no one knew but people knew something was happening because I was out of work for two weeks so people knew something was going on 
Um, but I had not told anybody that I was pregnant, um, aside from our family and two friends. So yeah, not a ton of people knew. Um, so I felt so lost because gosh, and I can't wait until our 12 week rule episode. I know. It totally ties in hand in hand with us. It so does. Because if people knew, had I told people, if like Mm -hmm. we're allowed to tell people before 12 weeks, then it wouldn't have felt so isolating. So isolating. Yeah. It wouldn't have felt like such a secret. And, and at that point, I didn't even know how to talk about it because I would have had to say like, oh, I've been pregnant for three months. Um, I just got engaged. Uh, and yeah, and we just lost a baby. And that felt, that felt so, that felt so hard. Um, so the first couple of weeks were really, really tough. I, I just like stayed home and cried and, I'm glad that I did that because I gave myself time to kind of feel my feelings and go through the stages of grief. And hormones and all the things that Hormones, come yeah. And I really didn't feel ready to go to work after two weeks, but – I couldn't imagine. Your job is to such a place where you have to show up big, you know? Yeah. You're, I mean, we're performers, so you have to go and you have to print like you're happy and inspirational and – you know, silver linings out the ass. Yeah. Um, And that was not the place where I was. And, you know, I think people knew that, but a lot of people didn't know also. And how, like, did you eventually just start sharing to heal, like help move through that after it? I think so. Yeah. Cause I just kept crying and I'm a crier. Like I cry all the time. My, just any kind of emotion manifests itself in tears. Um, so I just kept crying. Like I just kept breaking down and I would leave the spin studio and I would cry and we would be, my fiance and I would be in the car driving somewhere and I would just start crying. We'd be at dinner and I would start crying and it wasn't stopping and like I wasn't feeling better. So two months later, you know, with the help of my therapist after, I mean, eight sessions with her about it um, in the two, in those two months, she suggested that I share um, and that I talk about it. And I went back to my fiance and he thought it was a really good idea. So, you know, then I finally did. And then I was out there and then I dealt with it being out there, which for me, it really did help me process and and start to kind of move on. I don't know if I would have been able to move on had I not. Like released it from your body in a sense? Yeah. 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 yeah it was. It was kind of like a purging. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I did the exact same thing as you where I went internal for like a week or two and it was like I couldn't help but like post sad things on social media. Like yeah. I just would like go on Pinterest to make myself feel better and would read all this sad stuff. Like I am that like weird, morbid person that when they're sad, like you sit in your car and listen to sad songs and cry even harder. I don't know what if that's a healing mechanism for me, but I literally did that. I don't, it's not funny at all. But, oh gosh, it's so hard. Um, yeah, I I definitely went internal and I think the biggest and hardest thing for me and also was like the best biggest blessing was that I after this last loss I really chose to feel my pain versus run from it like I shared in my episode um previously um I really like made the decision like this it was kind of more like an acceptance like 
I didn't want to accept it. But like the second I knew that it was happening, I knew it was happening. And so I was like, okay, I need to, I'm going to fit, like figure my way through this in a po- I guess positive, uh, a positive, as positive as I possibly can. And, um, you know, I just chose like, I'm going to go to acupuncture. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to not drink. I'm, and I think the hardest part for me was boundaries, but I learned really quickly, like how important they were. You know, I had my law, my D, my last DNC at the end of, it was pretty much the day before Halloween. Um, so it was like right before the holidays. And so setting hard boundaries for yourself during the holidays was like the biggest challenge for me because I felt like I was being so torn to please other people and their expectations of me. But I had this feeling in my gut, like internally, that was like, I can't care about anyone else right now besides myself. And so, yeah, I just, it was really hard and really difficult in so many areas, family-wise, you know, marriage-wise, all the things, just because of the, I think the time of year made it even harder. Um, But looking back and looking at it now, it was so good that I did that. Um, And it really helped me heal, you know, Um, and just reminded, yeah, reminded me like I need to learn how to communicate my feelings and like my needs. And it's really helped me be less, less of a people pleaser too. Once you go through something hard, you realize you have to like put yourself first sometimes. Yeah. I'm such a people pleaser too. And my stepsister was having her baby shower, I think two weeks after my DNC. And I so badly wanted to go to her baby shower because I was so happy for her. So she had her daughter at the end of August. So yeah, my DNC happened like six weeks before she had her daughter. Um, and I was so happy for her. And you know what? I actually had told her, I told her that I was pregnant the same day that I got engaged when, you know, I called her that we were engaged because I was supposed to be having a baby, I think like six months after hers. So I really, 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 really wanted to go to her baby shower. I really, really did. And I think maybe two days before, I just really had to be honest with myself and was like, you know what, I can't go to a baby shower um, as much as I want to and as much as I want to be there for her. And, um, you know, I want to like put my stuff aside. And and I was like, this isn't something that I, I don't want to miss her first baby shower. Um, I was sad that I was going to miss it. Um, but I ended up you know, calling her and just saying, I want so badly to be there, but I can't. And she 100% understood that. And, you know, she was like, please don't put pressure on yourself to come. Like, please don't come, you know? Um, so she totally got it, which, yeah, but, but that was hard. Um, and that was a hard kind of boundary to set up just with myself, like being able to tell myself, like you, you just can't do this right now. Like you can't as much as you want to, you just, you can't. Um, so that ultimately was definitely the right choice, but, um, being a people pleaser, that was hard. (laughs) I I hear you. I, um, kind of, you know, touching on that with, that's a huge part of it too, is like social commitments. And that was something for me. I had a same thing, a girlfriend who, and it's so nice when you have people who show empathy 
And whether they've been through it or not, or they just are like, you do what you need to do. Like that was exactly the same thing with my girlfriends. I, I ended up just stopped. It was her gender reveal. And I, I remember I, I just stopped by and I just said hi and gave her a hug and I loved her. And I was like, I just, I can't stay um, for like the big exciting moment um, because I was supposed to be having the same moment, like around the same time as her. Um, yeah. So she was so great and so gracious and so sweet and it was so nice. And then what's crazy is I had another friend who had a baby shower in Nashville um, and I decided I was going to go. I was like, you know what? It might be good for me to just book a flight. And like, I love Nashville. I love going out there. I went and visited a friend. It was more so my friend moved out there. I wanted to see her new house. Um, we did some stuff for work. She's also a part of our business. And, um, I was like, I'll just kill two birds with one stone and I'll go visit her and her new place. And then I'll go and see my other friend and her baby shower. Um, it had been some time since my loss and I went and I, at this point I still had, hadn't drank. So I literally, I think I was going on like five months of just trying to not drink at all and just heal myself and I went to that baby shower and I literally blacked out <laughs> that night. And this is just me being completely vulnerable and honest. Like, because I think it was just as like it was, I felt fine when I was there, but it was definitely like a trigger, you know? And I just remember waking up that next morning and being so mad at myself and being so hard on myself for allowing that to happen. And then I just had to like, let it go. You know, I'm like, okay, well, this is just a little setback and that's fine. Like it's all part of the journey. I just kept reminding myself. Um, but I think our huge point that we're trying to get across here is like, for those of you guys who are listening, like it's okay to say no and not go to the baby shower. It's okay to not feel like you like you don't, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, you know? Um, and, and if you want to do things, that was the other thing. I also, I think this was a hard part for me because I kind of got some, I don't want to say like hard feelings, but like, and it was a different situation that I don't want to talk about, but, um, that I went to this baby shower and not another one. And I started feeling guilty, like within myself, like, oh my God, was that bad of me for like going to that one and not this other one? Um, and I just had to like, be like, it's okay. Like I, you can't, you have to not feel guilty whether you decide to go and do something or not. Like at the end of the day, like when you're going through what you're going through, like you just have to, even if it hurts other people's feelings, like you just have to do what you need to do to navigate. And some things feel like more triggering than others. Like I totally understand you not going to one and going to another because right. they're just different situations. Like it could be two totally different situations. And I could see myself really, really wanting to go to my stepsister's baby shower and not wanting to go to any other ones. You know, um, I think internal, like internal kind of boundaries that I set for myself. One of the huge ones for me that I think really, really helped um, was I muted anybody that I knew that was pregnant on Instagram. Mm. I muted mm -hmm. every single person that I knew was pregnant. If I saw a pregnancy announcement come up on Instagram, I you know didn't care who you were. You were getting muted because it had nothing to do with the people that I was muting. I Same. muted some of my best friends. Um, <laughs> And they know Same. that, 
you know, to this day, I had to mute them because I'm so happy for you. I want you to post what you're going to post and I don't want to have any ill feelings about it. Um, but I know that I will, and I know that it's not good for me to see it right now. So like goodbye, you're muted. And that was one of the best choices that I made. Um, and I kept people muted for a long time, like until I slowly felt good enough to start unmuting. And that was really helpful for me. Even now, like being pregnant, like sometimes when people get pregnant really quickly or really easily, like after they get married, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> glad it was so easy for them, you know? <laughs> and I hate that. I, it's just like a part of life after loss, you know? Um, no, but I, I did the same thing. It was, yeah. So, and this is something too, like, you know, I know for you, like you tried again right away. And it's weird. I think it's weird too. Like, I didn't have to mute you because you had, been through what I'd been through. That was, that's a whole other thing with social media. I feel like is that you had been through what I had been through. And I was so happy when you got pregnant again, even like I, I took, I made the choice to wait a year, but it's like when people have been through what you've been through, it's like a whole other world of like, you just want to celebrate them and like be excited for them because they're like, someone like you is winning. Like they, they got it, you know? And they, and you know that they understand. I had, I mean, I had hundreds of women write to me after I posted publicly, um, about my loss and there were a handful of them. And I don't know why it was these women versus other women. Like no one was better than the other, I guess, like some stories just, or personalities or words just stood out to me, but there were a couple of them that I started following, um, who had had, you know, their rainbow babies. And I loved watching their, watching their stories. There were a couple that were pregnant. Yeah. And it gave, like, it gave me a lot of hope, but those were the only ones that I could watch. And I, I and I really couldn't watch anyone else's. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. That's the same. There's a mom, I think her name's Linny. If you guys are in this, uh, world you probably thought Lenny Stone. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Like she had four losses yeah. and got her miracle. Like her video of her like them putting the baby on her chest. Like I'm pretty sure yes. I watched it 47 times. Me too. And I know lost my exactly, mind because yeah. I could relate to her. I was like, oh my gosh, yep. I can't wait. Like if she can't if she can have that many losses and not know what the heck is going on and get her rainbow, so can I, you know? But yeah, no, it's it's wild. Like life after loss is wild, but you just, I think the biggest, I think common denominator that we found. So our categories that we've kind of like touched on you guys internally, um, friends and family work, social commitments. Um, the last one we have relationship relationship we can go into, but the biggest common denominator is boundaries. Like you have to put yourself first as awkward as that may feel for you and set the best boundaries that you need in in this time right now and know that it's okay whether you feel good about it or not. It's like you have to do what's best for you. How was your like relationship after loss? I mean, as like think about it, like you're newly engaged, like the most exciting time in your life. And then like, I feel, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, to be like totally transparent. So we knew that we were going to get engaged. I knew he was the person. I knew he knew that I was. Um, I didn't so much care about the timeline of what happened first. So, you know, I talked about this in my in my story episode. But um, we were kind of like, if we get pregnant, we get pregnant. And, you know, if we get engaged first, we get engaged first. If we get married first, you know, we didn't really care about the yeah. order of things. Um, so 
I got pregnant and then I was like, I would really like it if you proposed to me, you know, before we announced that I'm <laughs> pregnant. Like it would be nice yeah. Even though this wasn't the order that it happened, it would be nice if, like, publicly for my Instagram, I could be engaged. Why do we feel that way, though? Don't you? I could be pregnant, which is like- so weird, you know. So and weird. I feel like weird saying that because, but it, but it was. I was like, "Can you please propose to me before?" It's like, just society. It's weeks. what we're like molded to feel like we have to do, you know. Yeah, or that it's, or that it made it any, or that it made. I I definitely had some fear that people would think that our engagement was, you know, mm. always proposing because she's pregnant. Um, yeah, even though like, it, no. <laughs> it it doesn't matter, like if anybody thought that because we both knew that that wasn't what was happening. Um, but anyways, I wanted him to propose. It was just what I wanted. I wanted him to propose, you know, before like thirteen or fourteen weeks. So he did. He proposed at eleven weeks. <laughs> And yeah, so we, and we were just so excited. It was like, everything was perfect. Like we're engaged, we're going to get married, we're going to have a baby. And that was all I ever wanted. And then it just like all came crashing down. And I think, um, the first couple of weeks were okay. And like, you know, I felt super, super supported and then it lasted more than a few weeks. That's when, you know, communication got a little bit tough, I think. Um, just because I was still feeling like, all of these feelings. And I think I also wasn't realizing that this also happened to him. Like it wasn't just me that was going through this. And I think that that was something that was a little bit difficult to just understand that like, it wasn't just me going through it. It was both of us going through it. Um, and we were kind of both going through it in like our own ways and on our own timelines, but also together. It like brings up a whole other world of communication that you never even knew you needed. I feel like. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm so thankful, you know, like one silver lining to the whole thing is we just we know now that we can get through really difficult things. Um, And like, you know, we have been through really difficult things together and I know that we can get through really difficult things in the future. So that's definitely a silver lining. But when you're going through it, like it just sucks. It's sad and it's hard and yeah, it's just difficult. Yeah, I agree. It was very similar here on on my end. It it, What's so crazy is like, because we had just got married. We've been together for 10 years. We had just got married Um, in May. And then our first loss was in August, um, which was just really a chemical pregnancy, which doesn't make it any easier, but I didn't like think too much of it. Like I shared. And then this second loss, I think the hardest part, and I shared this on my story was that I not only was grieving this specific like DNC that I had just went through, but I was also like all my past trauma had come out and I was just like, I think 10,000 times, like, I don't even know. Like I was very, very unwell and mentally just not myself. And I think that was a hard thing for me and my husband in the sense of, you know, there was so much grace in the beginning, but then after a couple months, it's kind of like, okay, like when, when are we going to get back to normal? Like what's going on? And I just, really needed a lot of time to heal and like work through my own stuff. And I think that was, and I also, even though I was like going to therapy myself, just wasn't the best communicator through my needs when I, you know, and that was, that's why I wanted to heal through this 
process so deeply because I knew I had a lot of trauma that I needed to work through. Um, And so when I, and maybe some of you guys can relate to this, but when I'm going through like pain, I kind of go internal and I don't, you know, I'll have good days. I'll have bad days, but like, I'll just hold it all in and then just be like, ah, (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. That's what I do too. Um, Yeah. Like I, and my poor husband, I was just like, it was just a roller coaster of so many different emotions. Like one day I'm good back to my old self. The next day I'm like angry at the world, angry at him, like angry at myself, just not communicating, wanting to be alone. Don't touch me. Like it was just this whole experience. And I, um, I remember listening like for podcasts. Uh, and then I had this moment, I think it may be talking with you or someone like remind yourself that he's going through it too. So like, just because you're grieving this way, doesn't like he's grieving, could be grieving in a whole other way and doesn't know how to communicate that to you. So like, it's been such a great journey. It, our silver lining in it would be, it's really now we, we do therapy together And it's been so great just learning how to communicate our emotions to each other, which I don't think that we were great at doing before. We've always just kind of been like, we'll talk about it, cool, whatever, hash it out, move on. But like, we're not really moved on, you know, from things. So it's been so good for us to just grow. Like we've grown so much in the last year and the blessing in disguise would be just like, we are, like you just said, like so much more clear and we communicate better and we're calmer with each other and are so much stronger and ready to be parents than I think we would have been. Like we would have just been thrown into the gauntlet. Like we're going to be thrown into the gauntlet regardless of parenthood in February. But like, at least now we have a lot of communication practice um, and, and learning, we've learned how to express our emotions, which I think is going to be so helpful going into parenthood of with what we actually really need, you know? Yeah. So important. Um, I remember my OBGYN after, um, our first loss, right. I had, I had like a follow-up appointment a month later. I remember her saying like, how's it going? And I just started crying and I was like, it's awful. And, And I remember her saying like, this is one of the hardest things like for you both to go through together. Um, and then she also, you know, confided in me that she had had four losses, three of which were in her second trimester. So I was like, even her just saying that, that this is one of the hardest things for you guys to both go through together, it made me feel so much better because I was like, I think that I just try to minimize things in my mind. And I think, um, I think there were times throughout those first couple weeks afterwards that I would say to myself, like, stop being so upset. Like, it could be worse. Like, worse things have happened to other people. And like, thank God that like this situation didn't happen to you. Or, you know, I, I, I think my mind tried to do a lot of that right after. And just hearing my OB say, like, this is one of the most difficult things, um, that you can go through was just really kind of comforting that I was like, oh, wow, what we're going through is actually really difficult. Like someone else validated it for me. And that was really nice. I think one of the other, one of the other things I would like to talk about before, you know, we wrap up the episode, um, 
is friends and family and just maybe offer, I'd like to offer maybe some advice um, to if anyone is listening and, you know, you have a close friend or a family member that's going through this. Um, for me, some of the best things, you know, that that my friends and my family did were just like simple, simple check-ins um, and like not expecting responses from me, like text messages just saying like, hey, love you, like hope you're doing great here you know, if you want to chat like those to me. And for me, my phone is just, I get overwhelmed with my text messages really easily. So I didn't end up responding to a lot of them, but I so appreciated it when people would just send something like so short and sweet, just saying like, love you, thinking about you here for you, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I, n- I never felt obligated to respond, but I knew that they were there and thinking of me. Yeah, and I think this is such a great topic too because I, I remember looking for a podcast topic being like, how, how can I – what can I send to somebody to like teach them how to learn what to say? <laughs> because, you know, you hear yeah. so many crazy things of, that you like mm-hmm. you just said like you don't want to hear. Um, like I don't want to hear it's God's plan. I don't want to hear you're going to be a mom. I don't want to hear all Everything that happens stuff. for a reason. Oh, everything happens for a reason, like times 500. Um, Yeah, just just the – and even too, like if you guys know somebody who's going through this right now, like setting up a meal train and having food delivered to the house um, or, you know, sending a little card or flowers, just letting them know you're thinking of them. And like you said, the text of I'm here for you. Love you so much. Like that's really all that we need. And – that little bit goes such a long way more than you realize. Um, and then just like checking in, like when I had people that would remember what I went through and like six months later would just text me and just be like, Hey, like I've been thinking about you. How are you doing? You know? Um, it was just so nice to know, like people still like knew that I was grieving through what I went through, you know? Um, yeah, I think like the the three month later, four month later, six month later text messages those those were really like meaningful and impactful. Um, well, and I liked what I you like- said too about um, like, I mean, I think everybody says gifts aren't my love language. <laughs> I don't know anyone that says gifts are my love language, but um, it was really nice when people sent things. Like, I will never ever forget um, one of my coworkers sent over like a massive meal of Italian food that we ate for days. Um, the night of my DNC, it got delivered. Um, and I will never, ever forget that he did that. That was so unexpected and so, so thoughtful. Um, I had another friend send me this like really pretty shoe box with just a whole bunch of little things in it. And it just meant, it just really did mean a lot when people would, I think yeah, I, I don't think I had I, my, any room in my fridge. Like yeah. my fridge was so stuffed with food. I was like, holy moly. Like it, it just makes you feel so – at a time where you don't feel loved by your body yeah. and by the universe, by God, whatever you believe in, it makes you feel lo- like, okay, well, but I am so loved. And 
it's a great feeling. Like it's the same. Like I'm like, I don't love gifts, but when you get them, you're like, oh my God, this is the nicest thing ever. And I think also um, like validated. I think for me after mm-hmm. I after I kept it in for so long and like kept it a secret that then, you know, when people finally knew and people were like, Oh my God, I am so sorry that this happened. It it validated, it helped me kind of validate all of the pain that I had gone through and mm-hmm. and not minimize it. Like it's like a loss of anyone else. Like if it was a grandparent or a parent or something, you know, you're gonna get all of that. But you still you still need that when you when like you said, like you it's the only death that happens inside of you. So um yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I would say to anyone listening who has a friend or a family member going through it, just continue to check in you know, maybe send something thoughtful and, and yeah, just make sure that they know that you're there for them. And also for me, like, I really loved that, you know, people, I liked it when people would just like send a little text message and rather than call. Cause for me, like talking on the phone felt really exhausting. So yeah, that, that would be my advice. Yeah, me too. There's also good, great like, accounts, accounts you can like follow too, that get really good tips and advice and things of what to do, what to say and all that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I think, I think we at least kind of covered what we wanted to share as far as how we internally went through this, our relationship, you know, and, and, and two, like, I want you to know, like, wherever you're at in your journey, like life after loss never really ends. Like, I know Sarah just recorded a uh, episode, which we're so excited to share in a couple of weeks, you know, postpartum after loss, we're going to share an episode pregnancy after loss, like this life after loss thing doesn't just go away. You just learn how to navigate through it. Um, and it gets better with time. And I know like they say time heals and it's true. Like it does help, but it never, ever really stops. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Sarah for being the best co-host here with me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we are so excited for next week's episode. We have a guest speaker. So looking forward to that. It's going to be be so good. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. It would mean everything to us if you'd rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us, your hosts, on Instagram at Meg Och, M-E-G-O-C-C-H, and at S-J Silk, S-J-S-I-L-K, and follow at Meant to Be Mama underscore podcast for all podcast-related updates. Our biggest goal is to create community in this space. So feel free to DM us, introduce yourself, and share your stories if you're open to it. You can also find our private Meant to Be Mama community by requesting us on Facebook and searching Meant to Be Mama podcast community. You can find all of these links in the show notes. See you next episode.